listening to Talking About Organizations. As uh, it's quite evident by now, this is a very special episode that we bring you from um, the Connections in Actions event held by the ICON Research Center at the University of Warwick. So this is episode 21, where we're going to discuss something like how um, um, small research or micro-research connects to big issues. And we have two very special guests today, one of whom you'll know from episode 4, Katerina Dietrich. And, um, we have um, a musical guest as well as a brilliant academic guest, Brian Pentland. So my name is Dmitris, speaking to you along with everyone else from the University of Warwick campus in the UK. And this is Pedro. And this is Katerina. Hi. And this is Brian. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. So uh, the event, the Connections in Actions, it seeks to uh, explore how kind of small localized uh, ways of researching phenomena connect to the big issues such as the economy or the ecosystem or um, stuff like that. And today will um, so today will be part one of the discussion where we'll uh, talk about what that might mean, what are some of the questions that are um, worth considering there, and then because the event is later today, well yesterday for our listeners, uh, we will reconvene and. Um, um, reflect on things that we have learned through discussions with everyone else. It's very exciting. But I guess the um, obvious question to start our discussion is why such an event? Why, why do you think these questions are important? Well, I mean, maybe I can start since yeah. uh, Dr. Nicolini and I um, uh, started this initiative and uh, organized this workshop. Well, I think one of the what David and I have seen is that in several areas of research that are looking at local situated actions and have really developed our understanding of practices and how processes unfold and how phenomena evolve. And in a lot of these areas of research, people are starting to look at what we might call larger phenomena, like uh, Luther said, um, financial markets or sustainability. And um, they are struggling to uh, connect, how can we connect what we're uh, seeing locally, these local enactments, how can we connect them to the bigger issues. And so, so, and so there are some methodological challenges, some theoretical challenges, and we see that in different pockets of research, um, people are starting to work on this issue, and we would like to bring people together to address these challenges collectively. And at the same time, another um, trend that we've seen in research is people that typically have looked at more macro processes, if you want to call them like institutional uh, theorists. They are also going more micro, saying, okay, we need to understand local situated actions in order to make sense of these larger phenomena. And so that's, um, that's how, how the idea of the event came about. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, what do you think about this relationship between the small and the big? Because personally, I have a, a few questions about how that might relate and what can be, or whether it should be um, achieved through this um, uh, attempt at consolidation. And central problems in social theory and all these classic books that so from the 70s, 80s, right? In, you know, discussed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I remember in, in graduate school going to the library and saying, wow, this is like the most important and interesting kind of thing. And, but what's happened over the years is people branch into their little area. And so in some of the readings, like so in uh, David's article about um, you know, is small the only beautiful? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 
talking about people who study practice, who studied situated action, and who study one specific setting um, deeply, but then it's difficult for those people to generalize across settings. Mm -hmm. So how do you work from that micro up? And then I'm in a, a department of accounting and information systems, and it's really kind of interesting. They, they study um, firm level things, and they wish they could understand mm -hmm. things inside the firm, but mm -hmm. with the kind of data that they use, it's just they're blind mm -hmm. to it. And so I think each perspective, if you're working micro or macro, has a huge blind spot about everything else, and yet you know for sure that the macro is somehow composed of the micro and that the and that the micro occurs in the context of the macro and so how are these things connected so I mean it's not surprising that it's a perennial long-standing mm -hmm. challenge and so you know the, this meeting is I don't know, to me it's really exciting and interesting interesting collection of people yeah it's, yeah. In, it's interesting that you went back to the 70s to the sociology because when I was thinking about this I went back to Plato and I went back well, to the... So you that much? You mean just the philosopher specialist? Hardly, hardly. But um, <laughs> to me this resembles very much of a, um, a problem of universals and particulars. Mm -hmm. Maybe not quite directly because that is mainly concerned with perceptions and uh, epistemology. But thinking about how something uh, big, like the economy for example, relates to the individual actions of people in specific organizations, mm -hmm. I think that, um, insofar as my take on this perspective goes, is uh, th that's the most problematic, because how do we connect something that people do in form of practices to you know the economy growing or economy shrinking or that sort of thing or mm -hmm. you know yeah. social development? The, how does actions of one um, fisherman, for example, impact the global marine ecosystems, mm -hmm. right? But because intuitively we think that they do. And yet uh, this is something that I think is not only difficult to connect, but may well be impossible. Um, which is um, kind of why I'm, um, I'm a bit... I don't know, every time we have an episode, Katrina, I'm skeptical about what we're talking about. Because <laughs> <laughs> last time uh, with routines as well. Uh, but um, uh, I'm skeptical slightly about whether we need to necessarily connect these small localized mm -hmm. phenomena to these big abstract conceptual constructs like mm -hmm. the economy, that may be a good shorthand, but... I think it depends. We actually can think about the macro in two ways. And, you know, when you talk about large things or big things or large phenomena, one is just something that is considered as important, so like the economy, the markets, the politics, which actually they are... If you, an ethnographer would say it happens in precise places. So you can go and see the market if you go and see the people trading. You can go and see politics if you watch the parliament. So they are larger in impact, but they actually happen in very situated things. You know, there's what you know, many people have been doing, doing, you know, like the work of Paula Jarbakovsky that you know, she goes on and talk mm -hmm. about the global insurance, reinsurance market, you know, you just go and see people doing those trades. But there are also the problem that there is the large, in almost like in a more quantitative term, in which there are number of things happening. You know, a phenomenon like global reinsurance is happening all across the world in multiple different offices. So then the challenge is much more for me methodological, in which how do you go about making these connections and tracing these things and seeing 
things that are happening so many different places. <coughs> you know, I think that's when it becomes, and that was the reason I think as well of coming together and trying to see, still using the methods that we want to use, which grasp concrete situated phenomena. How can we go about to see these concrete things that happen in so many different places at the same time? Right, but you're, you're still, you're going to methods, but you're skipping the extrapolation okay. of what it is. You know, you go to the marketplace, mm -hmm. you don't see the market, you see people trading. Yeah. The market is what you think is happening. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's a short of hand to describe something that's actually... I know, and, and, and that, okay, that might be fine for descriptive purposes, but mm -hmm. then if you go the other way around, mm -hmm. if you go to the market or economy and try to uh, deduct so you know you're doing inductive logic, but if you're trying to deduct from the big, the small, mm. you are necessarily bound to the definition of the big that you have. So maybe I should change the definition of the big. Well, I don't know. Can we? I mean, it's a, it's a conceptual abstract entity. No, no one sees the economy. But I mean, maybe let, let me let me go back to Dimitri's initial question: Is why do we have to do this at all? Mm. And I think um, one of the things that Jennifer Howard Grenville, which will actually be at this workshop as well, has done, um, articulated quite um, beautifully, is that a lot of these, what we call big issues, are also, we think they're important because they're the grand, like the challenges of our times, right? How mm -hmm. do we deal with climate change? How do we deal with re refugee crisis? Mm -hmm. um, how do we deal with the financial crisis and all that? And what we've seen is that so-called macro research, which talks in more abstract terms, doesn't get us to really properly dealing with these problems. Mm. And practitioners, if you talk to a manager in an organization, he's like, well, I mean, uh, what am I supposed to do with these abstract terms talking about the economy, right? Mm. And so I think that's where um, research on local situated actions can help us understand. So how can we talk about this and, and study this and then derive implications for how we can also deal with these issues from a different perspective. So, so tools for action start by looking at actions in connections. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, I was struck by the same question, do we need to do this? Mm. I was like, nah, not really, I mean, we don't need to do a lot of things, but when it comes to uh, taking some corrective action, say, if it's climate change, you know, so how are you going to get to work today? Will you walk, bike, subway, drive? Mm -hmm. You know, you're constrained by the choices around you, but you have a routine or a pattern of action. And, and you know, getting at each scale, whether it's your decision minute by minute or at the community scale or the next scale up, you know, those things accumulate. And, you know, so it's interesting. Part of the you know, some of the examples you use, like fishing, or mm. you know, the interdependence between the local practices is—I uh, don't want to say obvious, but it's sort of straightforward. I mean, there's a certain amount of fish, mm. and if you take some out, then there's less fish, and mm. right. So it's a kind of a—that's uh, that kind of pooled interdependence between things is is simple, but the ones that are more subtle are the sort of the symbolic things, mm -hmm. like ideas. Um, and uh, I don't you know. If I want to use the word cultural, but you know things that are that connect practices mm -hmm. um, in ways that aren't so straightforwardly mm -hmm. uh, material, mm -hmm. kind mm -hmm. of right? Mm -hmm. Like norms. Um, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And and you know we struggle for the right word for it. Like mm -hmm. what is it exactly? Mm -hmm. So, um, but if you want to intervene, you know, I, I think it's that like you know all politics is local kind of idea mm -hmm. that things mm -hmm. things that actually happen are 
because of they're at the practice level. Yeah. And so the interesting thing to me is how strongly the vocabulary and the concept of practice kind of cuts across these levels. Mm-hmm. So the little Bourdieu poster, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the whole point that makes that interesting is that it's, I mean, it's not just me and my cheese. It's like, you know, the French and their cheese. You know, it's the, whole, <laughs> the whole thing, you know. So, so right? Then, yeah. uh. So then do you think it's a thing or is it just something that we, uh, um, a story we tell ourselves to contextualize Both. our actions? Both. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I think, well, I guess, do we need to worry whether it would or not? But uh, I think the implications are different whether it, it is um, out there to an extent or whether it's something that we construct, uh, um, you know, in our imaginations. Like the Imagined Communities book by Benedict Anderson, for mm-hmm. instance, that paints a hybrid picture where there are nation states, but uh, mainly the idea of uh, a uh, an entity that is a nation that has borders and a particular color on the map, that is all uh, uh, fiction. And I mean, it doesn't, of course, negate the way that people act. And it, uh, in many ways, it does allow for meaningful action, but uh, it's still, if you cross a border without knowing that it's there, you wouldn't know that you crossed the border. So, mm-hmm. similarly, with the, the big, small issues, if you happened to fall out of uh, one office into the next without having realized that, maybe it's a result of some hangover-like movie scenario, mm-hmm. uh, you wouldn't necessarily possibly um, realize that you're not where you started, and yet you would still be exploring similar issues. So is this is this connection between... I have similar uh, issues with my research on organizational memory, that if practices uh, have this degree of stability, how is it that different organizations are still different from one another? Right? Even the ones that do the same thing, that maybe are located in the same space. So is it is it a bit too off, uh, <laughs> off the map? Or, uh, because this is something that is uh, very interesting. That, uh, even despite participating in the big, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. whether it can be, uh, you know, University, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the small are still significantly different. So, what what does it what is it that makes them continue to be different and yet be part of this of this big one, mm-hmm. this big phenomenon? Mm-hmm. So, it, I think that might be one of the more uh, sort of primary questions that I hope to learn through this event, even mm-hmm. though I'm only mm-hmm. participating partially. But w- where is if there is a uh, Separation, analytical or otherwise, and second, whether we uh, should have one, because maybe it's fine to stay with the small and just keep in mind that uh, there is this interconnected, intertwined, interwebbed relationship between um, actions that people do, but uh, not like these big modernistic, romantic ideas of um, progress or economy or you know the world uh, as such. Then what do you think? Well, you know, as you're talking, may I? Yeah. So two things. First, you don't have to have a idea about romantic progress. I mean, things, you know, the world makes its way. I mean, things will continue to change. But but the the um, idea of how a lot of different local practices can be 
the same and yet different. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's a thing I, that I've been thinking about for a long time. And, and uh, there's a great game. I wish you had a video thing that I could show people. So it's, I mean, let's just play this game. We'll play the video. No, 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 this is easy. So this is a game that we used to play in our infant toddler music class. So you bring your like one or two year old child to class, right? And the teacher would, would sing a little phrase and then the, the kid would try to reproduce it. So you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay. So I'll sing. Who's going to go first? I think let's go clockwise. Okay. All right. I'll be the teacher. Okay. So <laughs> ready? Yeah. Okay. And, and the thing is you can either do the same as me or you can do something different. Okay. But then you mm -hmm. can kind of repeat what you did. Yeah, so yeah. I'll try. This is, this is one of the one things she always used first. Ready? Right. Okay. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 ba. ba. Okay, class. No, no. Okay, now, class. Was that the same or different? It was a bit German. <laughs> it was... It was it was both! I see you're thinking too much. Think of yourself as a two-year-old. That it was, was the same. same. Okay, next. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 ba. Same. Okay, next. Ba, 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 ba. Ba, 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 ba. Different. Okay, now. You can play this game at any with any kind of data. Basic operation in empirical science, you're comparing two things, same, different, mm -hmm. right? People are super good at it. It's always both, yeah. right? So the first answer was the correct answer. <laughs> it's always different because you sound different than me. You know, everything is always different. Uh, you can't step in the same river twice, but you have these underlying structural similarities. So mm -hmm. if we played a song, I don't know, pick any folk song that's recognizable, mm -hmm. you would recognize it and say same that's that same song i heard that before even though it's always different mm -hmm. okay now university classroom you walk into a classroom and you say oh wow look professor students whiteboard you know you're not fooled if it's a chalkboard mm -hmm. you're not fooled if they're sitting this way or that way or it's always you know you can tell where you are um or a wedding or a, you know any these kind of things and yet they're different so how do we identify and compare these practices. And so my, I don't know, the best conceptual engine for this, the mechanism for this that I like, and I feel a little embarrassed to just keep saying the same thing for 20 years, but if you think about it grammatically, using a grammar kind of idea, mm -hmm. there would be some elements that are relatively stable across these things, and then other details that are different mm -hmm. and the challenge then analytically is to figure out which parts you're happy with saying okay for a marriage it needs to be you know two people or how many people are getting married do they mm -hmm. need to what what gen you know what gender is like okay yeah. who's performing is there not like what are the elements that you need to have mm -hmm. for that to be you know a wedding ceremony Mm -hmm. You know, and it's constantly changing. It's not the same everywhere, but you can kind of, you know what I mean? You, it, 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 there's a, and, you, and then you can categorize it. People get all into figuring out the different kinds, you know. Um, I, I, but that's the I so that, that this question about same or different, mm -hmm. you know, is just a sort of a choice of 
how what level of structure you want to rely on for the sameness and what level of detail you're willing to overlook mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. you know that's the i think mm-hmm. i'm not mm-hmm. sure how to get out of that yeah. i mean that's kind of you know and then and then this thing about practices around the world it's like if you want to intervene and get people to like you know stop wasting resources mm-hmm. Mm-hmm probably it would be good to find a way to intervene at some deeper structural level that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really, you know, mm-hmm. transforms it rather than mm-hmm. at some superficial level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would be my intuition, but I don't know. I've never really tried, mm-hmm. you know. It's not, oh, I was going to that direction somehow because when you're seeing things like, you no, know, look up, you know, if you think of an university which is a large thing, but there's a different departments doing different things, but this time they converge into something. I mean, my point is that although things can be universal or large, they always are, I mean, there is like a specific concrete thing in which they're made universal. So, I don't know, engineering practices and or engineers are doing different things, but the engineers get together in specific places like conventions or they might have been educated in different places, but they all had, they read similar handbooks or exercise, you know, there are some standards in the industry. So all of a sudden aerospace engineers, I'm pretty sure that all across the world they kind of have to respect specific things because the regulating agencies are similar and they establish specific requirements and that in a way creates some universal that of course has some particulars within them. But my point is more that you can see the large universal because they are made to exist in a specific place. You know, if you go to the Senate House or to the whatever the university house here. There will be heads of the different departments reporting to someone and they have you know, to get all these reports and make one big report and that is made to exist there. So it can be large and complicated and universal but concrete at the same time. So that's when we come in, I think, as researchers mm-hmm. to try to see these things. But is it the, the structure the, uh, the structure that uh, <laughs> binds the practices into these recognizable uh, patterns, or is it the so is it top down or is it bottom up? Wrong question. Yeah, wrong question. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, that's what that that's what that chapter was all about. Is people yeah. have people seem to have really strong opinions about that that they commit, you know, and I don't know. I mean, it's both, right? It's yeah. the it's mm-hmm. the it's sideways. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Should we just be pragmatic and uh, go for functionality instead of uh, the the essence of it? Well, in a way, I mean, for example, for the workshop, we asked people to write us small postcards, those mm-hmm. that cannot attend. And Anna Marie Moll um, uh, very much uh, wrote a very nice postcard uh, saying essentially, well, the question that doesn't matter so much whether it's small or large and whether the large influences the small. Like, what matters is how, like, what um how we can deal with these phenomena and why they're interesting and so that depends on your empirical context and so she said for example if you're interested in the store around the corner you go there you might find global capitalism within that store and then you explore and you know so it depends on the concrete empirical phenomenon that you're interested in so i think in one of the push for some people that do this kind of work is exactly to upset the very question like going mm, sideways, yeah, yeah. because you know that that <laughs> yeah. methodology have this thing that you know what is bigger than a handshake? Yeah. It's an yeah, every day, yeah, yeah. all the time, is a pattern recognizable, you know, and it is. Mm-hmm. You would never think as a big thing, but it is, yes. you know. So it depends. You can upset the question yeah. in a way yeah. sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I have the feeling, I mean, I've been thinking about one particular large phenomena, but I've talked to people mm-hmm. interested in other large phenomena and that they're all different in the way that they're kind of evolve, um, how they're like interconnected. And so you cannot say upfront, well, we need to study this or that or this specific kind of connection. It never works. It's, you have mm-hmm. to look at your concrete empirical phenomena that you're working on, think about or study what's the connectivity here and what's happening. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's what kind of Paula, which is going to attend as well, the yeah. the symposium, the conference, um, because I was reading the paper that she wrote about how she did her research, and it started as a comparative thing between London yeah. and Bermuda, and then yeah. it became in a larger thing, and a larger, and it became all across the world, literally. Yeah, yeah. You know, because she, as she followed the whole industry, she realized that were bits and pieces that were happening in different places that you know were important for her to be there. So again, the connections became relevant by doing the research. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, the exciting thing about that, and it's I think it's a, a conceptual move that sort of could be used pretty widely, mm-hmm. but it's back to the same. It's like same or different. Like two mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. are, you, you, your first thought is, oh, let's compare them. Right? Mm-hmm. But then realizing that they're part of the same thing, yeah, right, is the thing that I thought was a huge yeah. insight I mean it's obvious sort of once you say it but a lot of smart things are obvious once you say it so it's yeah. I don't mean to make it less but but so the idea of comparing two things is always in the context of you know well, what else could it be mm-hmm. and what are the mm-hmm. other choices and then so um, I don't know I, I just I think that's an interesting angle to this whole conversation of saying well what are the so back to the was it memory and yes yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's a variation what accounts rather for this variation mm-hmm. even yeah. in otherwise um, similar or same even mm-hmm. particular so then you're constructing back to Plato you've constructed an abstract idea of wow. memory wow. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. look I see it I see it there it's no, no, there no. on the wall well, exactly. everybody out there in podcast land there's memory here <laughs> I'm sure there is. Yeah, I just, too bad it's not video. Yeah, I just don't know where it is. I can't touch it, but well, I know it's, it's there. A, exactly. It's a, it's uh, a phenomenological experience that it's something uh, that we perceive through the sensory faculties of, uh, of uh, ourselves. And it's not just the memory or any... We can take something more tangible, like, I don't know, give me an example. Well, stuff like, I mean, the thing I think is hilarious is people think they know about, like, a routine. Yeah. But you've never seen one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a rare exception of something that occurs all in the same place in front of you and you watch for the whole time then I guess I mean so you can watch a barista making coffee and you can kind of get that but a lot of times you see part and you don't see the rest you know you don't get the whole picture and so it's very easy to fall into the idea that you know about those abstract things yeah you know that's that to me yeah. and, and and i don't know if now i'm wandering off but if this you know and that's all at a rather micro scale mm-hmm. Hmm? right mm-hmm. you don't need to be going to bermuda or any place to you know wonder what they do there so uh, yeah uh, well i like your you have an example of uh, a baseball game as an example of a routine, I think that might be more readily transferable to organizations because as a player in the field, you're just doing your your thing. Mm-hmm. 
whatever that might be, but still within the um, coordinated collective, each of the people who's part of that mm -hmm. is still just doing their own isolated thing. You know, baseball is not a particularly um, contact sport, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they, they seem quite far away from one another, and th there isn't much room necessarily for communication across the whole thing, but still they manage to function in a, in a coherent way. And uh, that, uh, I think, is not accomplished through understanding that we're a team that plays in the, um, what's the baseball league? NBA? No, that's basketball. No, that's basketball. Whatever. I don't know. The American League, National League. Little yeah. league. Yeah. <laughs> a league. A league. Little league is best because then they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, kids with baseball bats. They're just know. standing out there because coach told them to. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they still function in a coordinated and effective way. Okay. And so I, I think one way is to think of that maybe as uh, yeah, we understand what's happening, but another is, as we pointed out, is that you, in a very visceral way, you are part of that, but not the other one, right? You see where I'm going? So I think maybe uh, one of the links to be drawn between the macro and the micro uh, is to introduce a healthy dose of uh, human presence in it. Mm. Ah, okay. So uh, it's through the experience of uh, the macro through the micro, if there is such a thing that that might be made sensible and intelligible, uh, how the actions of individual people on very local um, scales do add up into these big things that we believe exist. Like, I mean, I keep coming back to the economy, but that's uh, one of the most ridiculous ones because uh, economy is made up by uh, people just doing and believing certain things to be true, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's it. Waking up, going to the office and doing trade or across the world and coordinating that. And then, and then you read about someone who did something else elsewhere, you get freaked out and you, you know, cash your stock and then thing collapses <laughs> and then yeah. everyone's poor. So <laughs> what happened there, you know? Well, that's a well, Ben. I think the difference between large phenomena and abstract entities. You know, we all mobilize abstract entities when we talk about things like mm. God or the economy made me do it or the risk, the politics. But as researchers, I think we go for the concrete things that we can observe. You know, we turn those things into observable phenomena. So you mean still methodologically that it's it's not a difference between uh, a universal as a but actually, phenomenon, but more of a something that large and inaccessible necessarily by a human being at the same time. Latour has a thing a discussion on that when he talks about no um about religion, things like that, and says it doesn't matter if it's true or not true, like it has an impact and it's the old sociological thing. We're not going to discuss if it is exists, like the witches mm -hmm. in whatever in mm -hmm. Africa exist or don't exist, is really magic. No, but it has consequences like that. Mm -hmm. So the economy is a justification the newspapers for behaviors and then people justify their own actions with that. So it is an abstract entity mobilized for certain things in real yeah. life. So can we study that because it has a consequence in social dynamics? Well, and a... so we trace the the actions of what, the, the things that people refer to when they talk about the economy uh, or when they say, well, yeah, we've experienced a crash in the ex economy or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, so you mm -hmm. follow. And these abstract entities. <laughs> like on a newspaper, for instance, yeah. you know, because people talk about this. Yeah. And then we've come the full circle, <laughs> in a sense of whether it's uh, uh, through this uh, effect that it has on individual actions, whether mm -hmm. it can be said to 
be an entity of some sort in its own right, or whether it's just something that we conceptualize in our own heads and uh, follow through accordingly? No, that's um, an intellectual question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Pedro, a minute ago you made a distinction between abstract and large. Yeah. And I realized I was probably confused about, or I wasn't thinking clearly about that, that abstract is just all the time. I mean, any word we use has that quality of, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but large is interesting. That's back to this, you know, sustainability yeah. and mm -hmm. all those kind of collective things across. Mm -hmm. And so large, so I'm wondering what people are going to really talk about in these in this session, you know, mm. the idea of, because maybe there's another word, macro. Does macro mean large necessarily, or does it just mean aggregated some way, or what does or that frequent. even mean? You know, like I don't know. the handshake? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Widespread, maybe it's enlarged. Enlarged. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it certainly, you know, is an interesting problem of figuring out. So I met this guy mm -hmm. uh, at Michigan State, Dan Menchik, who's uh, a student of Andy Abbott's. Mm -hmm. He's talking. He's studying medical. He's a medical sociologist, and he had an idea about how different practices. So he's a very practice-oriented point of view, and he said that he was studying how practices are tethered. The word tethered, mm. so like you like a, you take a, a dog or a goat and attach it to a post, and so it's mm. connected mm. by a yeah. rope of some yeah. sort, yeah. a string or a rope that's tethering. Um, and I think it's an interesting metaphor because it's like, well, it's connected, mm -hmm. but it's moving. kind of moving and a little bit loose, maybe tight sometimes, and, mm -hmm. and and how to draw those connections. So I think a lot of these things, like you were. You know, Catherine, you were talking before about relations and how things are related. I am going to guess that in our conversation, if you tracked the different ways that people talk about relatedness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot of stuff. And mm -hmm. it's going to vary from, you know, kind of common sense to some wild crazy mm -hmm. stuff like the yeah I don't know gosh I'll stop mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I think it's really interesting yeah 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 shall we um, maybe think of one or two questions that each of us would like to resolve or um, kind of have more or less light shed on throughout the event and then we'll come back to that next time yeah. and see uh, if uh, um, if we've gotten what we wanted to or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure, I'll go for yeah. that. That one was mine. All right. That was how are <laughs> how are yeah how are practices related? I'll partially steal your question. <laughs> yes, please, because I answer it for me. No, I don't. <laughs> I'll add to it because I want to know how do you trace it then? Because you know, once yeah. there are different kind of connections, might be because one thing impacts the other, or just because they are they have the same common source, or they have the same in consequences. So like how you go and go about tracing them. Because well, that's what I struggle with in my research. You know, sometimes I work themes, the different interviews were discussing throughout time. So, and how do you go to trace these things? That's the methodological one. But then I'm not drawing that I actually study something that is, it is large, but not the traditional large, but it's a really large organization. So what I see usually people study, you know, they sort of follow it as in practice. You know, it is 
kind of the same practice, the same kind of work across the whole world. But I was doing the opposite. I was in the same organization, looking at a different kind of work, engineering work around public developments, but comes all together because it has to do with um, former organization elements, which was always trying to understand. And so, how do the opposite? Not necessarily finding the same thing all across the world, which is a typical thing that you do with most society ethnography, but the opposite. All the different things that you know are attached to the same kind of concept or phenomena within the same organization or the limited space. I hope that someone will have an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think I'll add some theories about whether there is a conversation um, with regards to uh, which way it goes, big to large. So well, that's, that goes sideways, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> large to small, or small to large, and what are the different definitional difficulties that there are, or whether they're addressed. So I'm curious to see which um, sort of nominalist or pragmatist. Maybe realists take on the large phenomenon that uh, my colleagues exhibit, or no one cares, which is quite likely as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with all the questions that have been mentioned. That's my question to me as well. I guess uh, maybe another one that I could add is a little bit how, how yeah, maybe also what Pedro mentioned, when you're studying a single side of action and, well, maybe multiple sides of action, but it's like a, it's one organization, it's one firm, and but you would like, you see, like, it's really going back to the small shop around the corner, you would see global capitalism happening there, and, you're, and you know what's happening there because you've been there for a year and you observed everything. How do you convince people then of, like what you observe first, that, that this is global capitalism, and then how can you develop a contribution from that that helps people to understand something about this phenomena? Yeah. Right. Well, buy uh, some goals. Yes, <laughs> yes. Join us next week to find out answers to these questions and more or less, depending on how the event goes. Uh, Usually, check. you produce more questions than answers. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, uh, would you like to play something for us? How do you feel? We're exploiting you, bro. Sure, I mean, so. I'm not sure it's going to work out. Well, you do what you do, you are what you are. The channel never changes because your habits and convictions are like what's in the road. It's places you go, and the things that you know, are writing the show. As you come and you go, you know what you know. The channel never changes because your habits and addictions are like what's in the road. Pulling down from below, you're sleepwalking in your comfort zone. And then one day, the fever breaks. Just one minute, you're wide awake. You can see the show, you can live every day. You're tired of being your own cliche. So do what you can, right where you stand. Cut that cable, cause the show's are all canned. And you add some lines, leave some out. Maybe you'll sing and maybe you'll shout Cause they laugh a lot louder when you improvise The song
what you can, right where you stand. Cut that cable, cause it shows the offhand. Add some lines, leave some out. Maybe you'll sing and maybe you'll shout. Cause you laugh a lot louder when you improvise. The songs sound better when you're playing them live. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank All right. You. And for more of this, uh, please tune in next week um, as we uh, discuss what we have learned through the event here on Talking About Organizations. <laughs>